Listener Production. Hey darlings, producer Carly here again. We had some tech difficulties in this episode, so some of the audio may sound a little bit whack, but this is a really great app. So I hope you stick around and forgive me for the bad audio. Listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. So today's episode has come at a very crucial time, I think, in my journey. And I know a lot of you guys want to know where I'm at and we'll go into that later on in the episode. But I would love to welcome Cece to our podcast. And so Cece's from Fertility Hand Collective. I don't know if you've seen her Instagram. She shares these like amazing quotes and cards and I don't like the word inspirational, but like it's helped me through my journey, get me through. And we've been speaking a lot over the years and she's got so much amazing advice. And we've been trying to line up a podcast chat for a very long time now. And we finally made it happen. So welcome to the podcast, Cece. Thank you, Chloe and Elodie. Thanks so much for having me. Yay, we are so excited and a massive, massive, massive congratulations to you for just winning the Best Global Fertility Advocate Award. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you. You know, the award is so good for anyone really who is struggling to have a baby because Fertility Hand is, it's all about normalising, you know, the feelings and emotions that no one talks about, you know, and that so many of us feel but are just too afraid to talk about because the conversations can be, you know, so difficult. There's so much at stake. It's highly emotional. It's scary. It's lonely and, and it's unknown. So I think that award was just brilliant for everyone in the fertility trenches. Wow. And how, what do you attribute you winning this amazing award to? And kind of how did you get here? My husband and I were hit over the head with an infertility diagnosis. Um, unfortunately, we do have three children now, all three children thanks to IVF. Um, so I do know the devastating impact, you know, it has on your mental health and how difficult it is to find support. And for me personally, it led to full-blown anxiety and horrible panic attacks. Um, and it's something you never think is going to happen to you and, and, you know, we were told you're not going to be able to have children naturally so then you go home and you sit on the couch and you look at each other and you're like, what the fuck? There's no emotional support. That's just, you just left to your own devices. Um, you know, and one in six people are affected by infertility but we honestly feel like one in six million and Chloe, I know you'll relate to that so well and I'm here to shine a light on something that needs so much more attention because I just don't want people to feel as alone as I did. And fertility is, it's so unfair. It's nothing anyone did or said or didn't do or ate or drank. It's just some people are fertile and some people aren't. And there is no reason, you know, it's just, it's the most unfair thing. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for? Um, It's been about five years now. 
yeah, I started off with the fertility coaching um, and now I've got Fertility Hand Collective, which is a community. So people you know, are not alone in their struggles and it's somewhere their feelings can be validated by people who get it and you know, there's no judgment, no shame. And yeah, so that's been, that's been a really, really positive step. We're all about that on Darling Shine, the community kind of aspect. We have a Facebook group and I think we've got maybe like fifteen to 20,000 women on there. It's like a private group and they go on there and basically share from grief to fertility to people who are doing IVF and that everyone gets so involved and everyone, like, it's crazy how, mm. you know, the impact that we watching it kind of all go down. It's, you know, it makes us feel so happy that, you know, we started Darling Shine because it is, it really is. It's such an unspoken topic specifically in fertility and there's so many women out there that go through it in silence and I guess that's where both yourself and myself are huge advocates in the space but what I wanted to ask you so what exactly is fertility coaching and how does it sort of differ from going to see like a psychologist or a counsellor or something you know how do you how do you support people as a fertility coach? Let me start I guess by saying that Stress doesn't cause infertility, but infertility causes stress. So we need to, you know, manage that stress. Yeah, so our whole world doesn't completely fall apart as we're trying to have a baby. So, you know, what happens is we have no control and when we have no control, our confidence gets completely flipped on its head. We can't control what the egg's doing. We can't control what the sperm's doing. We can't control our uterus. We can't control the embryo. None of that side of things we can control, but... We can control, you know, how we fill our minds and what we fill our minds with and how we start our days and how we finish our days and what support we get and how we actually look after and nurture ourselves. That stuff we can control. So my coaching very much focuses on the things we can control in order to build up our, you know, our emotional threshold, which, and you know, Chloe, after every month of a negative pregnancy test, we just get lower and lower and lower and lower and our threshold gets lower and lower and triggers just hurt harder and harder and harder so it's about building up that threshold when we're feeling more supported you know another negative pregnancy test or a shit result or a major setback you know we have the support there Mm -hmm. so Cece does your fertility coaching kind of complement or work alongside medical professionals well it's yeah it's it's interesting question Elodie it's like like I don't, I am completely separate and I really need to be completely separate because I need to help people to advocate themselves with their doctor and, and point them in the direction of a second or a third or a fourth opinion when they're needed and, and really um, give them questions that they can ask their, their medical team. And, and, you know, I'm girl that is in the corner batting for you but also looking at everything in your whole life. Most doctors are completely incredible, but, you know, Chloe will know, some doctors just aren't and, and I need to be completely independent and unbiased. And when in such an emotional state you're dealing with doctors and scans and getting bad news and sometimes you're not thinking, I know from going alongside Chloe, sometimes she's not thinking of the questions and, and she's leaving and she's like, I'd, I'd wish I'd asked this or I wish I'd had that chat with my doctor. But no, you've got to book another appointment to go back and ask those questions. Exactly right. It is, yeah. It's just, it's having someone who's just in your pocket, you know, and then I'm not your best friend, I'm not your sister, I'm not your cousin, I'm not your mum, you know, I'm just someone completely separate that is batting for the same goal, you know. So does that mean that you also work with people who are trying to conceive on their own, whether that be a sperm donor, because they don't have that other person to talk through it with? 
Yes, LED heaps. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, and particularly, obviously, your situation is extremely unique and absolutely beautiful. I love your, you know, your story, and I wish Minnie was here today. But, um, but I also do. I do a lot with that. And COVID really screwed up a lot of girls as well. Because yes, a lot of you know, I guess, are sort of age group. You guys are younger than me, but you know, they, they missed out on all those dating years, and you know, they have got to a point where you know they are a certain age, and they're like, look, I just, you know, I don't want to roll the dice anymore. I just want, I really want to do it now. So that's been huge for me, and huge in general. So I'm a huge fan of donor sperm, donor eggs. I'm like. Love is what makes a family, so let's just bring it on. There are many ways to make a family. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Mm, It must be such a rewarding job, but I guess it would be a double-edged sword at times too. It is, yeah, absolutely. You don't, you can't, you sort of have to not get it too emotionally invested in in it all, but it's very hard because you know what it's like. You know that feeling when you're sitting on the couch and, you know, you think, oh, my God, like, am I ever going to be a mum? That's something, you know, I... I'd always dream of and think, am I, is it ever going to happen? And so that feeling is still so raw for me, even though I do have three children, all thanks to IVF, and that's so lucky. But I, um, it's still so raw. Like, you just, it doesn't just go. Um, women must find it so nice to have you by their side because even when you were just saying before, you go to so many doctors, and for myself, you know, I was chatting to you before this, this episode, and I was saying, you know, I've, because I haven't actually had a session with CC outside of this, everyone, just so you know, but we're going to, because now I've like more than ever realized I actually need CC in my life. But, you know, I've seen my doctor, multiple doctors, and like I love all of them for different reasons, but I also feel very much like I've been pulled in so many different directions and you really put your trust in what everyone says and you try all these different things and especially for in my scenario finding myself like literally where I am today I'm still scratching my head and to have someone like you in my corner would be amazing to try and ask different questions and you know see different people and but what I wanted to um, ask you in relation to kind of like taking it right back to the core is how long should couples try to conceive before they should actually seek help? Because I know that when you go to GPs, it's usually like, have you been trying for 12 months? Which I find it's pretty stupid. And I, in our situation, we fell pregnant at our wedding and then miscarried. And we were sort of in that same gear where it's like, let's try for 12 months and see if it it works or not. And we kind of, we didn't even get to the 12 month mark. And it's like, that's a grueling 12 months if you're actually in that position and it's not working. And I feel like it's also wasted time. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, Chloe, I completely agree with you. I, I, some doctors just won't test you until you've been trying, uh, you know, without contraception for 12 months, which I think is complete bullshit. Um, excuse my language, but I'm calling to you guys. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. But, you know, it is, it's your body. It's your life. It's your future. Like we can't be dictated by when the doctor thinks we should be tested because, you know, like I said, some doctors are amazing, but some, you know, we are like a number to them. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, we got tested after six months because I knew our issue was male factor, but I knew um, that, you know, I had regular periods and I just wanted to know. So I ordered a Picozy and that's just me being who I am and I wanted all the information. There is no, you can ask for tests whenever you want to ask for tests. You could ask the test before you even start trying. 
honestly, there's mm. simple blood tests that can test the hormones. Most people don't have to test, okay? So I'm not saying that everyone needs to go and get tests, excessive testing or anything like that. But if you feel like you want to be tested or if you have a gut feeling that something might not be right, you ask the doctor for a test. It's their job to test you on whatever you ask for. And if they don't test you, go see another doctor, right? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's all about advocating for ourselves. And like I said, it's our body, it's our future, and we need all the information. Fertility is so precious and we are waiting a lot longer now to try and have babies, not like, you know, our parents and our grandparents who are like 22 or whatever, but life is different now. So, you know, we are a bit older and we should, we don't want to waste time, I guess. I see so many people in fertility and community where they just say the whole time, I just wasted six months, you know, and six months is That's a lot of time. Feel. Yeah. 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 Because you just want to trust what the doctor says, but you feel in your gut, and a lot of people are afraid to speak up and, and say no. Like, I, no, I really want this test. Totally. Sometimes those appointments can be so nerve wracking and overwhelming that you can't get out what you actually want to when you're there. Exactly right. And, you know, you do, you feel like, oh my God, I don't want to be that annoying patient. Like, I don't want to be the one that's, I don't want to be that needy girl. It's like, no, no, you're not. You're actually being the smart, proactive girl, honestly. And I, I mean, I see it. The entire time, like everyone, they say to me, oh, "I don't want to. I feel bad asking the doctor for this." It's like this is your life, you know. This is your fertility yeah. and your future of being, you know, being a mum and being like it's really hard. It's just something which it's just all about. I guess fertility coaching is really good in that respect as well because it's just I hate the word empowering, but we are empowering you to just I guess have the confidence to be able to go and ask those questions and get educated and I guess we always want to save as much time as possible. Totally. I feel like I wish I had someone like you at the beginning of my journey because I feel like I've just gone round and round in circles so many times and exactly what you said about advocating for yourself because, you know, most people that come into this, you all of a sudden get sort of struck with this infertility stick and it's and you have no idea what to do. Like even still today, it's like you're leading yourself blindly and then like unless you're doing trying to find out answers for yourself. Like at the end of the day, once you walk out of those doctor's surgeries or the specialist surgeries, like they're not actually really doing their homework for you on a daily basis. Like with, you know, your symptoms and when your periods and like how many days of your cycle, tracking your ovulation, like no one's doing that except for yourself. And I feel like it's seriously so hard on women. For me, I've been doing it nearly three years now and it takes such a taxing toll on you as a person because you really feel so alone. Like I feel so alone. Like even though I have all the support from like Elle and my family and my friends and stuff, it's like you almost don't really want it either from anyone. You're like, no, I got this. Like I need to go down this road. I just need to be in my own lane right now. But it's also just like how is there not more it's not like there isn't more help out there, but I feel like there's people like you or people are almost like scared to actually seek help when it's actually when you kind of need it most because like what you said about the stress, it's like stress doesn't cause infertility. Infertility causes stress and I feel that's so hardcore right now in where I'm yeah. at because I'm just have never really suffered from anxiety or stress or anything like that. But like now more than ever, I'm like feel so heavy with it all, but I, when... Yeah, well, I'm about to cry listening to you. Oh, Sorry, no. No, 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 not <laughs> I yet. just feel it so much. No, I feel, I feel it so much as well, Chloe, and I just, 
just to say to your point, like there is so much at stake, and that's why we we don't want to share. And and I do, and I do a whole lot on this on my Instagram with um utility hand, you know, about how privacy is peace, mm-hmm. and you're not being secretive, but privacy is peace. And like I, I get, I guess when Tom and I had our issues at the beginning, and we were sort of there were some people, you know, that were like, oh, don't you can't keep it a secret, you know, I say, well, hold on a second. I don't need the pressure of updating people and people want good news. Like, and I want to give my mum and my dad and their parents, I want to give them good news. And, you know, you, you do. And But privacy is peace. And I think that's just to your point then about, you know, you just, there's just so many broad knock-on effects to the situation that we're in and you're in now and I was in. And, and it's just, you can't explain it to anyone. People just don't know the emotions unless they've yeah. been in it. Yeah, I really feel like that at the moment. Like I find it so hard to articulate what I want to say. And I think especially with the podcast, like when we started, it was the start of both of our fertility journeys. And obviously we got Minimoo and like it was just so beautiful following the story. And I guess there's so many people on there, on here and our listeners that are here to continually follow my story. But I feel right now, you know, I went to, I've gone to Europe I feel like I do it every, like I'm going to take my mind off things a little bit and just, you know, you kind of like at the back of my mind, just always think, oh, maybe I'm just going to fall pregnant naturally because I'm not thinking about it. Cause it's just like, every person wants to say that to you. And I think that's fucking utter bullshit. <laughs> Don't say that to someone. Yeah. But I, I'm sick of hearing it. And it's like, yeah. I'm at the point now where I'm at like the peak of my stress and I'm just trying to work out where to go next and like what to do. And I, I, and I feel like I don't blame myself for coming on here and giving my all because everyone's got those expectations that they want to know. But I feel like right now, all I want to do is be so private. And every second person is asking me like, what are you doing? Are you pregnant? Are you coming? Like over and over and over again. And I'm so triggered by it now that I'm, I'm like, literally scared to come on here and talk because I'm I just I literally have no words anymore because I'm so I'm so stressed about the situation and I'm so upset about the situation and like I don't know I feel like coming on to doing the podcast I never would have thought I was here like like two years later sitting here like talking about that I don't know where I'm at it was meant to be like a happy ending, but like I still can't, like it's going to happen one day, but I still can't really foresee the end the end goal. And I'm just like, mm. I need the privacy, especially because mm. our life is like so um, public. It's, it's really difficult because everyone wants to know and I'm like in a bit of a rut at the moment and trying to... Mm. I've never been this person ever and it's like, mm. I swear to God, it's created this weird person in myself. I don't know. I find it really hard to explain what it's done. but And I think it's because we're so public on here too that it makes it yeah. even harder. You've been so yeah. open and vulnerable here and you've helped so many people and everyone's so invested, which is beautiful. You've been such yeah. an open book and you've never thought, we never thought you'd still be here three years on. We thought you'd have a baby in your hands or two. And now you're feeling like you want to close this book and go more private, like what you mm. like what you said, Cece. Privacy is peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard to be private here on Darling Shine, and fertility consumes your whole life. So when you jump on and you do other episodes, it's still 
it's still so front and center in your mind and it's hard to switch. Yeah. It'd be so hard to switch into other gears and it'd be so taxing. It's so unfair. You know, it's not like you're just Jane from Smith Street around the corner who's trying to have a baby. You know, you are Chloe Fisher who has an enormous following and an extremely famous husband and everyone wants to know it and that's really fucking hard. Yeah. You know, you want to give everyone good news and that's really, it's really difficult because the uncertainty is what causes us so much anxiety because we don't, we don't know. And if we knew, then the anxiety yeah. would be much lower. I got my period on the plane and even though like I know that it's like really unlikely, I don't know, I don't have any, I got to shake the like no belief, but I don't really have any belief that I'm going to fall pregnant like anytime soon because like I just, fuck, that's just it for me. And like, but still every single time I get my period, I have this full meltdown and I was just on the plane flying back to Oz and the entertainment units were down on the, the whole plane and there was no Wi-Fi I literally got my period as I boarded and I had spent 13 hours with my own thoughts and cried half the way. It was, I was the biggest mess. And I think there's something about altitudes that also makes you super emotional. And I was just beside myself, like shaking. And it, you know, it was good in a way because I actually got to really sit with myself and be like, holy shit, you're not okay fuck, we need to sort you out immediately because, like, you're at breaking point. Yeah, it sort of was, like, bittersweet in a way that that happened because, yeah, it's, it was, I don't know, I finally think I've realised that, like, nah, I've got to process some shit, hey. It can hit you. And you came on and we also have Cece on and, and on. this is just such a coincidence as well <laughs> and such good timing. I sort of wish I was in the sitting room with you guys at the moment, but that's okay. <laughs> I know, fuck. But, yeah, it's, it's a hard. lot. It's a lot. Surely infertility would have to be at the top of the list for things that really, really affect one's mental health. Yeah. Oh, and L&E, it's like, it's, again, it's just this thing that because we had this, like, ancient stigma, it's all about really, I guess, people not recognising it as a medical condition, you know. I think that's the thing and that society is much better now, but it is a medical condition. It's nothing anyone did or said or, and I know I've said this before here, but, you know, it's nothing anyone ate or thought or certainly not anyone anything anyone thought. You can't be positive and, you know, I mean, honestly. I said that the other day. I was just oh. like, I pray every day and that's, it's clearly oh. something's not yeah, happening up there yeah. because, like, I've, I've talked to Chumpy, I've talked to my grandma, I've talked to like all my babies that I've lost every day when I meditate and I'm like, guys, come on. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're waiting for, but like I'm fucking ready. Like, please hurry up. Yeah, it is a medical condition, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I, I think society is now recognising it much more as a medical condition, but because, you know, we had this ancient stigma, people are still largely doing it in a silent environment like I sort of mentioned before, which has broad knock-on effects to their work and their friendship groups and their um, and their relationship with their partner. And, you know, the pain is often hidden. Chloe's been amazing at not hiding it, which is helping so many other people because a lot of people feel like they have to hide it. Um, but the more people talk about it, the better, obviously, with everything. Mm. But we feel disconnected from friends and family because they haven't experienced it. Our mums haven't, you know, necessarily experienced it and they might say oh you know it'll happen to know infertility you have to have lived infertility it's just 
It's this beast that no one can understand unless they've been through it. The fear and the unknown of not being a mum or not being able to grow your family or whatever situation you're in, it's just, it's overwhelming and it affects your whole entire life. I think that's just, Elodie, like to your point about, you know, the mental health side of things, you know, there are triggers everywhere. Instagram, like every time you get on Instagram, there's... Um, Pregnancy announcements, babies, families, Yeah. Yeah. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. Yep, or cute baby clothes. It it triggers everywhere. And that's by the supermarket, everywhere. Everywhere you look, there are triggers. So we're grieving the life that we just always thought we would have. There is, of course, a constant fear and anxiety about, about the future, but it's just people don't know how to support you, so they don't. Yeah. People sort of, they say, they don't know what to say. I feel like the hardest part is not knowing and not having any answers. Like especially in Chloe's case, there's no one that said, hey, you've actually got this and this is why you're having trouble. Like there's literally just no answers. It's just been this long slog. Yeah. Like there's literally this hard slog of no answers. Yeah. Yeah. Like am I every time Um, I get my period for like the rest of my life, like am I going to have a breakdown because I'm just like, Like, I don't know, it's just so weird. It's shit. I'd rather not mm. get my period ever again mm. than have to have, like, a little bit of hope every month. You Can you just cut it out? <laughs> yeah. Can you just put a block on the, the period tube? Oh, that's, like, the biggest trigger of all, getting a period. The grief is just, like, boom. Yeah. Every single month it's, like, it's just, and then you've got to go through that again. Yeah, I know. I, I That's, yeah. I've seen you go through stages where you're about to get your period and you're like, hey, I'm feeling this or that. And you start to get excited and then you get your period. But what's happening lately is like you're not even letting yourself catch a dot of that excitement at all. You're just, like, we'll get excited and you're like, no, 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 don't take my head there. It's, it's not possible. Like, no, you won't even allow it. I think as well, like in a weird way, I think about it in my mind, but I would never say it vocally out loud because it's like, a weird protection mechanism of myself because like I don't want to say it and then I don't want to get Ellen Paul's hopes up or my family or people's hopes up and then it happened and then you guys feel sorry for me I think that that's what it is because it's like even like right now I get on here and I'm like so upset I'm so fucked up at the moment but then like I know that my family and my mom and my sisters and my friends will listen to this and be like oh my God, I feel so sorry for her, but like I actually don't want that. I actually don't want people to feel sorry for me. I just want to just do it by myself, you know. Sorry, this is like hectic. No, no. don't <laughs> apologise for one second. No, no, and it's like, Chloe, I just, I resonate so much with it and it's, you want to give Paul good news, like you want to give your mum good news, you want like, it's not just you, you know, it's not, it's, there's yeah. everyone, there's so many people involved. Yeah, and like I think off the back of that as well, like and I, I kind of touched on it before, but like for other people in this position, if you are a friend or you are family, just don't ask people about it. If they want to share with you where they're at with things, they will. Believe me, they will actually share with you if they're ready and they want to share with you. It's really triggering when people actually are constantly wanting to know. And that's like a massive thing of where I'm at right now. Like I I feel the Mm. energy of people wanting to know so hardcore that I almost don't want to do the podcast anymore. That's the thing with supporting someone when you haven't been through it yourself, which, you know, a lot of people luckily haven't. 
is that it's, you know, you don't know how to support someone and, and so often people don't say anything, which is, can feel very lonely. Heaven forbid, you know, I had a friend and it's all fine now, but they, they hid their pregnancy from me, you know, and that was so bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God, like I was, I felt so left out. Yeah, and I just, I, I think when you are acknowledging someone's struggle, is the most important thing and, and just acknowledging that you are forgive their absence firstly number one is always forgive their absence and just you know let them be we feel so bad about missing a fun party or a fun 30th or a baby shower or whatever it is we feel so bad and we're always like girls like us have always been the life of the party you know like we're yeah. always there and then you know when we are in this absolute turmoil we can't be but we'll be back, yeah. you know. It's like this is this is a really shitty chapter, but we will be back. And I think it's just knowing that, you know, everyone will go through, you know, Elodie's been through a horrendous life event too and it's like this everyone will, has or will go through a horrendous life event and they won't be going to parties and they won't be going to these events. So just getting rid of all guilt, particularly as a friend supporting someone, it's just support their lifestyle choices in that respect. You know, if they want to be quiet, be quiet. Let them be quiet. And if they want to just sit this one out, let them sit this one out and be there for them, of course. But just listen to them and don't give advice and get on platforms like Fertility Hand and learn what not to say. <laughs> yeah, I was I was even saying that to Elle yesterday. I was just like, I want to reach out to friends and see how they're going and like just touch base. But I'm like actually not doing that because I know the first question back is like, no, how are you? And I'm like, I can't. My number one thing that I found that actually made my heart so happy, it happened like probably a year ago. Um, but there was this like article actually that someone shared with me that someone had written like a letter to my friend's of what I'm going through sort of thing. I have to find it and share it with you. You might've seen it before, Mm. but I sent it to all of my girlfriends and they just be like, I can't talk about this, but like, this is what I'm going through sort of thing. And there was one thing in there that I like, it resonated, like it helped me so much. And it's like, obviously don't offer advice, but it was the fact that one of my girlfriends was like researching and like understanding infertility Mm. and like, bits and pieces of my journey and what I'm going through, like on her own accord. It was mm. so mm. like, I was, mm. it was not, I wasn't expecting it. And I was, I didn't even know that it was a thing, but one of the girls like wrote to me like, Hey, I've been looking into this and like, Oh my goodness, I've learned this and this and this. And like, I was just thinking, wow, that you, you going out of your way and taking time in your life to understand what I'm going through without having to come through me was just like, wow, that's so so nice of you. Yeah, because you're the only one researching about this. So it's so nice to have someone else understand. Yeah. It wasn't even trying to help me, give me advice. It was like, I get it now because I've done my research. I get that um, the entire time, as you can imagine, with Fertility Hand and, and that platform is people trying to educate their friends and family. So they actually, sometimes I've, I've had actually so like hundreds of girls who are going through it, but they haven't been able to tell their friends and family, so they just share one yeah. of my posts and they say, guys, just let you know this is what I'm going through. It's very hard to explain it mm. to people and I think, um, yeah, so that's it's amazing. I love, I love that shit. I'm just like, oh, gosh, yeah. you know, it just, just, it, it's just educating people around you who have no idea what you're going through. Yeah, it's, it's a wild world out there. It is. And Cece, do you also work with the partners? 
Yes. Yeah. I so it's funny, Ellie, like and, and Chloe will always totally agree with this, I'm sure, is that like most couples never need to address the level of difficult emotions that we have to when you're struggling to have a baby and you just think, you know, you're gonna be able to have a baby together and you know, that's how it is. And um, but fertility issues, honestly, they they are research has shown as as stressful as divorce, as stressful as a cancer in the family um, on a relationship and and with every negative pregnancy test and every failed cycle or miscarriage, there is sadness and grief together. But, well, it can happen in different ways with different, you know, you and Fish might might grieve differently or you guys might, everyone is different. I know Tom and I were very different how we, we grieved each cycle. But like obviously we all handle stress differently. So it's just some couples do draw much closer through this sort of thing. And I think I'd like to say most couples never will go through this level of stress again and it does bring you a hell of a lot closer. Um, but some people due to lack of communication and, and all sorts of things can be drawn apart um but yeah so it's it's a lot of people initially you know it will be the female coming to me but a lot of people will share the information and resources with their partners i always say schedule date nights where you can go out and not talk about your fertility we are going out for dinner tonight and we're not mentioning fertility bring us back to where we were beforehand and then schedule nights where you go out and you do talk about it i love this like 10-minute check-in. Yeah. Psychologist told me this years ago. Yeah, and it's like every morning in the kitchen, whatever, how are you? Are you stressed? Can I help you? Check in with each other, just a 10-minute yeah. check-in with each other. Lack of communication. We, we both then shut down. You know, everyone does this, you just shut down, and it's just so important to just have that check-in. And obviously sex becomes a complete chore. I mean, I mean, it's not really, it's not even a chore anymore. I'm like... No, you're back to sex is is fun. Yeah, back to sex is fun. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a chore for sure. Yeah, oh no, we're back to sex is fun too. (laughs) Totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think we, for a lot of people who will be listening today, you know, sex is a chore. Trying to get that intimacy back in other ways, so things like closeness and tickling each other's back on the couch or massaging each other's feet and playing games and cuddling and all that sort of stuff which just does help keep the intimacy alive. It doesn't have to be sex. Mm. And I think explaining to your partner about how the hormones feel and how it helps them understand the process better and don't beat yourself up about being a psycho bitch one night or yeah. because that is, you know, when you are in the midst of a treatment cycle, that the hormones are horrendous. Yeah. Um, cut each other some slack in that respect. And, you know, when you're feeling bloated and emotional, the last thing you want to do is get naked and have sex. Yeah. Most couples do find it brings them closer, this fertility struggle, but um, I do always say if you can get through this, you'll be able to get through any other life challenge together and, and just be kind to each other and, it's not one's fault. It's funny because the people that you're closest with and the people that you're with all the time, you often forget to check in on them and ask, like, how are you? Like when Chloe and I, when we're together for weeks on end, and we forget to ask that, but then we're both just dying alone and not asking each other how we're going and checking on on each other. What we should be doing is getting up each day and being like, all right, on a scale of one to 10, how are you today? Like, give me a number. And then you, it forces you to actually think about it. And, and like, not just, I think it should happen, well, for my, for my case, in friendships too. Like, we're like wives. So, well, you're like my wife. So 
it should be not just in relationships but in friendships too. Yeah, one to ten. That is the best way. It's so easy. Every every day, one to ten, what are you? Two. Okay, so two, that means, you know, I'll make it better for you. Or, you know, I'm a nine. Okay, cool, I can be shit. It's just that regular check-in. It's so easy not to. And it makes you have to go and think, actually, how am I? And then rate it. But I feel like it's always such a weird surface level question. People, it's like every oh. message is like, hey, how are you? And like, yeah, I'm good. Like it's never, well, that's and that's why the rating thing is good because you have to actually think about it and give it a number. And then if you're like, I'm a six, I'll be like. And then question it and like figure out why and what's going on and what can I do to help. I can be your four to make up your whole. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, that means you're what's <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> So I wanted to actually touch on secondary infertility because I think that that's a massive one as well that goes completely unnoticed and people must struggle with this so much because they've had their first baby super easy and then all of a sudden they're really struggling. Do you get a lot of women that come to you because of this? So many, Chloe. Like it's it's so common but it comes as such a shock, especially when you conceive fairly easily the first time around. And it's particularly hard though because when you've got one child already, there's this guilt oh, you've great, you should be so grateful you've got one child. And it's like, of course you're so grateful you've got one child. Like, mm. of course you are. Mm. But, you know, you are allowed to want to grow your family as well, like, you know, a lot of other people are. And it's this whole, um, sometimes a child is asking for a sibling, which is a whole other level of, you yeah. know, sadness. And, oh, I can and, only but, imagine that. Um, yeah, that's a really, really hard factor. And then also just whole feeling around, you know, why just so many people get to choose when and how many children they have. And, and again, it brings me back to fertility is just so unfair. Secondary infertility is, because it's not really recognised like primary infertility is, there isn't as much support and, you know, mm-hmm. there isn't that open dialogue. Certainly I can say, you know, within Fertility Hand Collective, probably 40, 30 to 40% of the girls inside Fertility Hand Collective would be experiencing secondary infertility and trying to grow their family. So it is really, really common. Fuck, it's so sad. Like I just, I say this over and over and over again. I would never wish this upon anyone. It's just, it's just the unknowing that that's the hardest part, especially when you're such a regimented and like person that likes all my ducks in a row. I feel like my ducks have all run away on me. They've like. And one's a pigeon. And one's. (laughs) We read this meme the other day and it was like, my ducks are not in a fucking line and one's one's actually not a duck, it's a fucking pigeon. Yeah, that's that's basically me <laughs> and you're my pigeon. I'm your random pigeon that you just had to adopt from my baby. Cute little model pigeon. <laughs> I kind of hate this question but it, it is one we get so, so, so much and like I, I often feel like we have like not really a sure answer a lot of the time but and I'm sure you get this this question a lot. How is best do you think a pregnant friend should tell their friend who's struggling to have a baby that they're pregnant? Well, no, no, do you know what? I love that you get asked it because it just means that people do uh, do care, yeah. you know, and how they share their news, which is so good. And I think I guess start by saying pregnancy announcements can be completely soul-crushing. For everyone listening, it is okay if you find them really fucking hard because you're human and it's normal to find them hard. And the reason why they're so hard is because they remind you of how easy it is for some people mm. and how bloody mm. hard this is for you, you know, mm. and they remind you of all the grief you're going through. 
and that's all it is. You are so happy for your friend. Like you, of yeah. course, you are so happy for your friend that you are so sad that it's not you and it, and you are so sad that you're in the situation that you're in. Yeah. And that's why they hurt so much. And if you are pregnant and you're sharing and your friend is going through a fertility struggle, the number one thing is text them first and let them process it in private. Don't share the news at a girl's brunch or a girl's lunch and make them react in front of everybody. Because I know texting sounds like not a very personal, but honestly, being at the other end of it, you just need to grieve privately first. And process it privately first. And again, you are happy for them, but you just you just need to have your little moment of being so sad about the situation 100%. that you're in. And you often can't do that on over the phone either, because you have to just be like, exactly. "Oh my god, congratulations!" But you are actually freaking crying. No, I completely agree with you. A text message is perfect. You do, you get it, and you just like, "Oh, I'm you are you're so so unbelievably happy for your friends." Like. Of course, totally. it's like the biggest gift in the world. Like, and But then you just have that moment where you put your phone down and you're just like a tear will run down your face, you know, but it's not because you're you're not happy for them, but it's just because it's just like... Why me moment? Yeah. Totally. That's what it is. It's just a reminder of your breath and, and it's a reminder of every single thing you've been through. It's also really nice to, for when people do text you, it makes you feel a little bit important as well that they've actually gone out of their way to think about you too. I think that that's like, it's a little silver lining in it as well because it's like they actually care about me enough to be like, hey, this is my news, but like I also just want you to know that I'm thinking of you. Like it's 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 really nice, kind of like a little special thing. Exactly right. It's just acknowledging your, like as a friend and, you know, if you had a cancer or you had a horrendous loss, you know, it's like just acknowledging someone else's pain and grief. Yeah. You know, that's that's all we need to do, being there and, and, and being sensitive to what other people are going through. Yeah. I love your Instagram. It's amazing. I've shared so many of your posts on my stories and so many people sort of like get it and they'll write to me just going, fuck, that makes so much sense. But is there like one singular post that you've done? Like what is the most engaging thing that you've put put up on Instagram that's been shared the most? It's really those videos that normalise the feelings and emotions that no one talks about. They, they are honestly the ones that go ballistic. I do sort of that fine line between, you know, like infertility is very serious, but it, people do need a laugh as well, you know, mm-hmm. so um, we all do need a laugh at times. But I think it's just the, about privacy is being is peace. That was, that's a huge one, which is something like 50,000 likes and trillion shares about because people do feel so bad and they feel so secretive and that's something that's such a common the reason we don't share is because it's privacy is space you know yeah. but, but that's been a huge one I guess also um posts around how hard it is seeing pregnant people when you've just had a miscarriage those sorts of posts you know obviously have shared a trillion times and and how much fear there is around like you said before just that uncertainty about will you be a mum? Because we just don't know. Like if we knew that 2029 mm. that you were going to have a baby, then that's yeah. a hell of a lot easier than not knowing. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I liked that one. I just, I think I just saw you post maybe this morning and you're holding up a big sign and it's in the street and you're and it says, it's okay to be envious if you see a, ba- a mother and a baby or something like that. You are human. Mm. It's just like such an important reminder. You guys are allowed to be sad. Mm. Mm going through 
such a fucking unfair thing. Exactly, and that perceived injustice of it all comes back again to it just being so unfair. That's what breaks my heart the most. With it's yeah. just so unfair. Like, why do some people get to have babies easily and some people don't? Like, I just and so anyone has done. It's mm. so invisible. Yeah, really, really unfair. And I think that's just this black cloud that hangs over mm. people like Chloe's head now and, and everyone in the fertility community. And it's just this white meat. You just never, ever, ever know what someone else is going through because it's not. This is not something that you can see on someone when you when you see them. It's not a physical thing. Oh my god, exactly. And it's just not knowing if one day all the blood, sweat, and tears are going to be worth it. You know, every time you go into an IVF cycle, it's like you put in so much, and it's like, well, you, of course, you do that if you think it's going to result. Like we're taught that you know we work hard and we get results, and like, well, no, not with IVF. Yeah, you can try as hard as you know doesn't mean you get a result. I've really loved talking to you. I feel like this is just such a helpful episode. So many people are going to be really heard. I know. I'm really, really excited to actually just have like a proper like session with you after after this and mm. get it all out because I clearly am having a bit of a rough trot at the moment, so they'd say. but um, I'm sad you two didn't find each other earlier. We actually or, have or found each other earlier. a long time ago, but like I haven't, I was never really at this point back then. I was like, no, it's fine. Just do one more round. I'll be pregnant next month. Don't worry. And then it's like, <laughs> sake. Cece, where can people find you? So what, what's your Instagram handle? And also if they want to book in sessions with you and stuff like that, what, what's the process in that? Instagram is cc underscore fertility hand and fertility hand collective is now the community the membership with several parts to it. a community of actual supporters of people who are actually in the same boat and who understand what you're going through so a place where you can vent and you can you know share your frustrations and support each other and share your stories and um, but it's also all my course content over the last five years now into bite-sized videos so things like how to advocate for your medical team how to nurture your relationship how to navigate friends and family all the importance of mental health self-care and, and just a lot of bite-sized videos which just for the really tough times um, um so it's filled with goodness I think when you're deep, dark in the fertility trenches, you just want to, you want to hear from other people and you want to, that's why your podcast is so awesome because your podcast is so real and it's all about, you know, people's stories and vulnerabilities and we get so much comfort in hearing from other people's struggles. That's really exactly why I set up Fertility Hand Collective. So um, that's the membership and then I do separate one-to-one coaching. I'm coming Epic. for the one-to-one shit. And lastly, do you have <laughs> just like one number one piece of advice that you would give to anyone struggling to have a baby? Honestly, it's just prioritising you. And I know this is hard for people pleasers. I, I used to be a people pleaser, but it is so important to just set the boundaries, nurture you and your emotional health. You know, this is a really tough chapter, but it is a chapter and you are the most important person in this chapter. This is your body. Mm. you know, going through this and it's your future and, and it's also your mental health. So it's okay to go quiet and miss the, miss the parties and miss the fun stuff and not be a good conversationalist that you normally are and not be the life of the party. That was really hard for me to just actually, I had to just step back, but, you know, you will be back. You know, it's okay mm. if you've lost your spark for now. Your spark is still there and you will be back. 
Yeah, I feel that one. That's a really beautiful way to um, end this episode. And I also wanted to say as well, like I've never realized that until literally now and Sorry, I'm like the biggest mess at the moment. Don't say sorry. Thanks for coming on, Cece. You're the best. But I wanted to just say to our listeners as well, like literally just going off the back of um, what Cece just said about like listening to yourself and making yourself number one. um, I really never really do that, but I might in the next few weeks sit out of a few episodes just while I kind of sort my shit out. So... You might just have Elle on here. Sucked in. She's going <laughs> to take the reins for a minute. Um, but, you know, I, I will get my spark back and I'll be back better than ever. But, yeah, I just need a little bit of a, a minute. Clearly, I can't even fucking speak at the moment. But, yeah, thank you so much, Cece. Honestly, I'm so sorry. I was a blubbery mess, but I'm, I really hope that, if anything, it kind of helped some women out there and it's a hectic roller coaster. Can't wait for the end game and stop. The final stop. <laughs> Thank you so much, stop. Stacey. Just stop. <laughs> no. Thank you guys so much for having me on today, honestly. And what you do is incredible. Like I said, just having, like, likewise. Wish Minnie was here. Oh, hi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.